0: The guys are ready, so let's hand over to Rob Rose, JB, PB and Aldrin, and get on with the show. Welcome to the
1: Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is,
2: Does your team make it into the club?
1: Well, hi, gentlemen. Hi, Rob. Hey, Rob. Welcome back. See, there's no need to be down. The fact that NFL football is over for another year and we are so many months away from even any meaningful preseason action, let alone the regular season, which feels like a lifetime away, we still get to enjoy, to revel in the afterglow of what was a remarkable 2021-22. And we're going to do it in the grandest fashion. Despite the fact our podcast is over a year old, this is the point where we feel we not only have the confidence as individuals and as a collective, but the listenership to think it is worthwhile throwing ourselves into our very own end of season awards. Uh, I was, was waiting for you to
0: throw in, you know, some.
1: I'll, I'll add some sound epic effects. music. Yeah, here. indeed, indeed. I'll add in some epic, copyright-free music or potentially sound effects to add a certain amount of heft and gravitas to what is coming our way. So basically, the idea is rather than having to agree on which team goes into club dub, we have got to agree on who we believe are basically the movers and shakers, the people who make a difference in the NFL. So to run you down the awards that we have to decide today, we're going to start our conversation with our Club Dub podcast, Comeback Player of the Year. We're then going to play a game where we pick the King of Defense. We're going to talk about the ultimate offensive weapon before we do the very catchily named Coachie McCoachface of the Year. Um, And then we'll do our own best in class, which is basically us trying to agree out of all of those and any other honourable mentions, who should be the NFL's player of the year, the NFL's true Mr. Universe. So five awards in total. We're looking for some kind of consensus or at least a vote that passes with some form of agreement. But if we're going to do comeback player first, um, we'll start with different people each time. But Aldrin, let's stick with tradition, right? For our first award, why don't you kick us off? with the person you think is deserving of the comeback player nod? Well,
0: Well, I mean, I think if we're not all in agreement on this, then I'll be amazed. But the player that is the comeback kid is Joe Burrow, is it not? From his really unfortunate rookie season injury, to lead that team to a playoff appearance, I just think was sensational. And he was, not only I think did he overcome a really tough injury, but he also managed to improve his game as well. You know, I think Rob and I were in fairly round agreement that last year he was good in spots, but wasn't the kind of generational talent that maybe some had touted him as coming out of LSU. And yet he both came back from a really troubling injury and a, didn't look like he'd been affected by it, and B, took his game to another level. So, yeah, I just think, for me, he's the the runaway winner for Comeback Player of the Year.
1: I like the suggestion. I mean, it's an injury when you look at, like, ACL, MCL and these types of injuries. As fans now, I think we have a certain expectancy that players come back from those. You know, it's like, oh, they're going to miss months of time but they're back. And And I remember yeah. a time where it wasn't that clear cut. But you're absolutely right. To come back from that and find an entirely new level of performance. And I mean, to, to make a Super Bowl makes Joe Burrow an absolute contender for comeback player of the year. Now, you said, um, you'll be amazed if we're not in agreement. Um, I know this doesn't translate very well to the world of podcasting, but um, JB and PB, by nod or shake of the heads, as I can see you, do you have the same name? You do. Right, so, so my um, argument uh, to say that I don't have... There's only one other um, contender though,
0: right? There's only one other contender. Okay,
1: so give me your one other contender and then I'll see just how far left field I am.
0: Okay, well, if you've gone like somebody random, then the only other contender is Dak Prescott. 100% right. is the That's only the other, other contender.
3: I think of as well From
0: so, having that foot, ankle, leg injury to coming back and playing really well, he's the only other contender.
1: Okay. So we'll we'll come back and talk Burrow because clearly that's going to carry uh, the sway here and he's going to be anointed our first ever pod award winner. Um, I had two other names, although one of them is quite tenuous. Um, Corderell Patterson just came back from being really average forever. You know, this is a guy who is completely. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, I think so. I think he's had a real bounce back year. I think he's looked a real weapon and somebody you build an offense around in Atlanta when that did not look like his career trajectory at all. So he was one name I had. The other one, I appreciate he flashed brightly. But how about Eric Weddle, right? Literally sitting on his sofa for a couple of years, rolls in, picks up the pace of the league and winds up with a Super Bowl ring. I I thought Weddle was absolutely immense put his body on the line and did all sorts of things so I had um Cordero Patterson and, and probably Eric Weddle as my as my main contender um but go on then JB why did you go uh for what well let's you know maybe yours will be along exactly the same lines as all so let's go what stood out for you for Joe Burrow this year
2: I mean, We'll get into that, but can we first draw attention to the fact that Dak, one of Dak Prescott's feet was pointing in the wrong direction to the rest of his body, and Rob didn't think that was a thing sufficient to come back from no, to but be Cordero considered for the award.
0: <laughs> Cordero Patterson realizing he was an NFL player apparently is. I watched
2: watched that injury live with you and both of us made the same reaction as to when we saw Alex Smith get injured and you just see his leg wobbling in the wind. And he's like, nah, Cordero Patterson, what a season he had. Um, Honestly, we might come back. To
1: the the untrained IJB, it may look like Cordero Patterson didn't bounce back, but actually, I think you'll find. He has. He has. He has. I know. know. So, Um, yeah, I'm not taking any grief for Mike. And and like I say, Eric Weddle, can we just focus on that, is a perfectly valid comeback player. Yeah, totally nailed
0: it for like three games. Yeah.
1: It's not... But you say for three... know, no, but the, playoff, the thing the is, NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, I mean, it's not a bad three-game stretch.
2: It's not it? a bad three-game stretch at all, but can we also draw attention to the fact that he injured himself in that Super Bowl? And yes, courageously carried on playing, but ultimately that was an example of the fact that he hadn't played for very long. Um, no, I, no, know. I, I think a lot of people are get used to saying JB, he's
1: next year's comeback player. When Eric Weddle returns from his Super Bowl injury, he'll then be someone you'd consider. Maybe he's just a year away who knows anyway yeah. sorry yeah you've you've ribbed me <laughs> sufficiently um about i, I still think Cordarrelle's a great shout but um talk us through what makes joe burrow the man for you then
2: um i again it's, this is probably going to be quite a, a quick summary because aldrin has kind of said it all um i will say i was probably the higher the higher person on the totem pole for joe burrow last season um but like you said like sort of both of you have said, we've seen so many players have those kinds of injuries and not be able to come back from them and be the player that they were at least immediately. And Joe Burrow came back better, which was really weird because it, it, it was for a stretches that it was like he, he wasn't even injured at all. And I think the only time it really popped into anybody's mind was in the Super Bowl when he went down and you're immediately thinking, Oh, if that's the same knee, that's going to be really bad for it for not the season, but potentially for next season and the effects from there, because yeah, you can bounce back from one, but the more times that knee gets injured, the worse it's going to, it's going to potentially be like we're potentially going to see with, with OBJ. He did exactly the same thing. He's done that same, same ligament in again. So we'll have to see where he bounces back from, but yeah, I can't really add much more to to what Aldrin said about Burrow.
1: I like OBJ as a shout. I mean, anyone who bounces back from oblivion in Cleveland is is certainly worthy of notable mention. Maybe maybe he's next year's again, a bit like Weddle. Maybe he's just a year removed. PB, anything to add um, on what feels like uh, the Joe Burrow train? It feels like pretty much a done deal here.
3: I think I, I agree completely with Aldrin that there were only two candidates for this award. Joe Burrow, whose leg was snapped in two, and Dak Prescott, whose ankle was facing the wrong way. And I think, uh, or his foot was facing the wrong way. And I think, um, you know, nominating Patterson, who has just been indifferent through his career, apart from returns. I, I wouldn't really class that as a comeback player. Um, and I can't kind of remember the, oh, Weddle, I mean, you know, he did great, but. Not, I, I don't think comeback player of the year worthy to two guys that came back from career-threatening injuries potentially, but it's Burrow all day long. Number one, he took a team from near bottom of the league to the Super Bowl, coming back from a significant, you know, major injury, major surgery, um, and and as I can't remember if it was James or um, or Aldrin that said he he improved as a player. You know, was lights out this year. You know, a lot of the time, so I, I don't think there's any discussion needed it's yeah Burrow for Comeback Player of the Year as shown in the NFL Awards all day long
1: Well I'm I'm so glad I've bought a little bit of entertainment and uh, given you something to ridicule but uh, it feels like the first person heading into our season ending special VIP night in Club Dub is our Comeback Player of the Year and AFC Championship winning quarterback Joe (laughs) Burrow
0: also enjoying that phil's rendering this episode of the podcast almost useless because he's like no discussion needed we'll just write a list and then move on
1: i, I also like joe burrow i think i might keep that uh, I, I quite like that that's that's got a, a bit of a kind of soleil feel about it, it feels like a name no. we can all get behind right don't, don't, so you don't
2: want to don't want to workshop it a little bit more
1: yeah maybe we should do this off off air Is yeah. what we do with podcasting anyway um so one down four to go Uh, And JB, I'm coming over to you first this time because you get to talk about ultimately the man of steel, who is the ultimate wrecking ball on defense in the NFL in 21-22. I love that we've gone
0: to JB first for this because I think we all know who JB's selection is. JB JB. is (laughs) is
2: obviously going to pick the man that equaled the single season sack record for a player in fewer games and would have broken it if it had been healthy for those. It is, of course, Trent Jordan, TJ Watt. Because, like Rob Rob kind of put it there, like the man of steel, the wrecking ball. He was a guy that multiple <laughs> offensive line coaches, multiple offensive coordinators and teams game planned for and still wrecked games and, and wrecked players and just putting up the stats that he put up and in a shortened season and we talking 15 games. I think he ended up starting in 14 of those. He played the full game because there was the one that he went out injured and then he missed the following the following two or three from there. And we talked about, maybe we're going to talk about offensive players in a little bit who had phenomenal seasons and broke records. And we're expected to see that with the additional game. But, but I think TJ just, was incredible just when you needed when the Steelers needed a stop on defense when they needed a big splash play you could guarantee he was involved it wasn't always necessarily him doing it but it was him freeing up some of the linemen to allow someone else to get in there and you saw that with kind of how much of an assist he was for guys like Cam Haywood this season so yes TJ Watt is the king of defense. I, I will bend the knee to the king and I will fight any of you that disagree with me.
1: PB, please disagree with JB.
3: I feel now like I can't disagree with him because if we were to fight, I would win. So I'd feel a little bit bad for him. Um, I don't know. TJ uh, Watt was my pick, to be honest. I think it's, you know, he, he finally broke Aaron Donald's stronghold on defensive player of the year. And I think it was definitely deserved, you know, it's arguably deserved last year, definitely deserved this year. If you're thinking of other, other players, maybe that, that were, were contenders for this, I suppose Micah Parsons from the the Cowboys was a good shout on on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive rookie of the year for sure. But, you know, stepping straight into the lineup and, and, you know, really improving that defense and showing that you can do it, you know, at, at the top, top NFL level, as a rookie, uh, you know I think there's no no arguing about that. So I think your your initial call, you know, is, is TJ Watt. Aaron Donald's always in the conversation, but yeah, as a, as a backup, I think um, you know Michael Parsons is really pushing TJ Watt close there. But yeah, I agree with JB overall.
1: Go on then, Aldrin.
0: Yeah, Parsons was my other choice, really, and I, and I think the reason Parsons stood out for me maybe stood out more than TJ Watt in some elements was purely because he came into the league like fresh out the gate. He picked up the pace of the game really quickly. And also the thing that made the difference for me is a lot of the season he was playing out of position. You know, they were playing him as a pure pass rusher rather than a linebacker. Um, And so I think that's why he stood out just bit that you know the the ability to step into a multitude of roles and ultimately lead a lead a defense almost like a veteran would as a as a rookie but yeah i think just for the the pure statistical dominance that tj put in this season and probably last as well i, I think he gets the nod from me
1: so my only comment is i think Aaron Donald, if he if he is a a second or maybe a third um, in our list, certainly deserves an awful lot of credit, not only for winning a Super Bowl, but playing such a key role in winning a Super Bowl. I mean, ultimately, his is the play that, you know, that ends the game and gives victory to his team in what was still, you know, the the Bengals were what driving field goal to tie, you know, touchdown to win in that game. So, I mean, it's a massive play. And I think it really does complete his resume. He has been defensive player of the year in years without the favour towards quarterbacks, where I think he probably was the best player in the league, full stop. But yeah, in terms of the masses, then it looks like I'm not going to argue the TJ Watt. I think Aaron Donald has a little more talent around him as well these days. Um, I mean, following hot on the heels of Cordero Patterson. I mean, does Eli Apple deserve a mention? I mean, I've been following that guy's Twitter and he's pretty sure he's good. He's he's pretty sure he he should be our defensive player of the year. But um, but JB, do you want to do the honors then and en masse and declare the second person into the VIP night at Club Dub as king of defense?
2: Make way for the king! I don't know what else you want from me.
0: I don't know. Maybe his name? Is, you know, oh, it's TJ. A, a, TJ. What? I go, thought we.
2: Well <laughs>
1: my favorite Listening with jb <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't, don't listen to this podcast while operating heavy machinery um wonderful stuff right so if we're two down and we've already done comeback player and defense that means next we're talking offense so the offensive weapon of 21 22 and pb i'm over to you uh i mean this is a bit trickier because i we're, we're
3: kind of only thinking two names each and I think there's probably a few more um, a few more names in contention here so I will go on r- you, rattle a few off go for it what a few so yeah, yeah. the eventual winner that we'll all agree on is Cooper Cup I think Arche- oh really well yeah well, I've, I've not got I'll Cooper name. Cup but no, Aldrin's okay, yeah, obviously, obviously going to go Jonathan Taylor no
0: nope. you know, incorrect again don't worry you- we'll get around to me Phil don't you worry.
3: Uh, you've got Jamar Chase. I'd throw Tom Brady into the mix, um, you know, leading leading the QB stats as, as an off, well, offensive weapon. Yeah, I, I'd call him that. Um, so that's four names, and we've not even got to Aldrin's
1: one. So
3: yep. you it's haven't mentioned mine None yet.
1: No, I, I was going to say you've not mentioned mine yet either. So really? I wonder if Aldrin and I We're are not the same.
3: People- Cooper Cup, Triple Crown winner, Super Bowl MVP, no. is our offensive weapon of the year.
1: And, and I'll say this before me and Aldrin go to ours, right? I've picked up on the words offensive weapon, because I think Same. that absolutely sums this guy up. So, Aldrin, you ready for this? On yep. three, we're going to go our name, right? Oh, there we go. The corner old Patterson loving continues. <laughs> it's Patterson. Right. One, two, three. Debo, Debo Samuel. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Debo at the 49ers.
0: I mean, yeah, I get
1: it. But
0: he's the guy the, is playing the in the top five of two year. positions.
1: Yeah, that's what swayed it for me.
3: Mm, I get it, but
2: Okay. So, so I I had Cooper Cup and Debo as both of my guys. Yeah, and same. I'm probably going to agree with Phil. So what go on Phil. Why tell us about Cooper Cup.
3: I mean Cooper Cup is the only correct answer. <laughs> I know you. <laughs>
0: Wow, you. oh, you've convinced me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I get Debo Samuel is a bit of a sweet... I mean, I you know, I love Debo Samuel. Don't get me wrong, the way he plays the game is absolutely brilliant. I would absolutely love him on my team. Um, but, I mean, how does he block? I don't know. But um, <laughs> but you, you can't not give it to Cooper Cup, who's just had an unbelievable season. You know, leads in, in catches, leads in yards, leads in touchdowns, Super Bowl MVP. I think he's the only person to have done that ever. Uh, aside from, is it Randy Moss or Jerry Rice? I can't remember which one it is.
1: Jerry Rice did it in a career. Yeah, Jerry Rice, Rice, I I did, yeah, Korea, Korea, Rice yeah.
3: did it in a career. Cooper cups tonight in this season. Like, it's, it's an all-time great season. I don't see how you could give it to anyone. Oh, all right, I get Samuel's top five in two positions, but, you know, they never tried cup at running back, so you never know how he would have done. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I, I just can't think you can't see you giving it to anyone else.
2: So I think just, just picking up on that, on um, just Phil's last comment there, if they never tried Cooper Cup at, at running back in the Super Bowl, there were multiple occasions, and there were even sort of a time that we were calling for it, where the Rams ran that jet sweep with Cup to pick up a chunk of yardage when they needed a third down. I think a guy like McVeigh has has got that got that in him to scheme up ways of using cup as a as a running back and getting the ball in his hands in that fashion they just never really needed to because the backs that they've got have been good and cup has been absolutely tearing it up as a wide receiver and cup was my first choice he was the first name that i thought of kind of for the fact that we have never maybe seen a season for a wide receiver like his and yes i see you listeners i see you people in the comment section on youtube pointing out that he had an extra game to do it in and and those those are valid and we love you for those but everyone else had an extra uh, extra uh, game in the season to do it as well and still no one matched what he was doing so like he, he built that relationship with matthew stafford really quickly stafford was came to rely on him a little bit like we saw with stafford and megatron in detroit You know, there were a lot of games that were maybe not won by the Lions, but close for the Lions because Stafford knew he could throw it and Megatron would catch it. Now, Cooper Cup is not the stature of Calvin Johnson, but there was still that trust that Stafford could throw the ball there and Cup would be on the end of it to bail the Rams out when they needed it. I think the the consideration for Samuel has to be the fact that there were massive chunks of games where the 49ers just just had absolutely nothing but him and with all of that pressure he still managed to like power through tackles on multiple occasions and pick up yardage and everything like that it was it was a really impressive showing again the likes of which we we haven't really seen before but i don't think you you can ignore like you said the the triple cra- triple crown of receiving and the Super Bowl MVP and the amount of big clutch plays, especially in the playoffs that he pulled out, kind of for me, it has, you know, it has to be Cup as well.
1: I kind of see the point. I, th- I think we're talking about two players who have done something that no player in the league has ever done before. They just happen to do it in the same season. But Cups feels historic, doesn't it? C- Cups feels like, you know, in 20 years' time, will we be saying there was never another player who played wide receiver and running back like Debo Samuel? Possibly. But I can absolutely see that there's not another player who does the triple crown, wins the Super Bowl, and then the MVP. And also a bit like Donald, you know, makes those big plays. And and the thing I love about Cooper Cup, um, and, and Debo Samuel and, you know, a couple of other players in the league have this. The thing about Cooper Cup is what do you do? Because he's fast enough to beat one cornerback, and if you line him up against two, well, he's fast enough to beat them anyway. You know that there really is no way to cover cup reliably. Um, if if we're are we at a two two tie? Is that where we've landed? No, well, are we two for I'm, cup? Two no, for I'm not. I'm,
3: I'm not having this. Cordarrelle Patterson had more rushing yards than Debo Samuel.
1: Well, well, see now you are back to the player convert, of the year, He's field. the comeback player <laughs> of <for> the year, Phil. <laughs> I
3: tell
0: you what, Cordero stupid argument.
3: Was brilliant at rushing. He was brilliant at receiving. He was great I at would... kick returns. And at the London game, he was throwing the ball up up into the crowd. You know, into the top tier. So I've never seen an, another you know offensive weapon do that. So let's let's crown it to him. It's Cooper <laughs> Cup. What are you talking about? I,
0: I would say that if I go back to my list that I have, then I have, I had Cup number one, and I changed it to Debo so I'm happy to seed the ground on Cooper Cup because like you said I do think that season does feel historic the fact that he did everything and it then culminated in a Super Bowl win and I guess the thing that probably just edges it for me is I know Rob you mentioned and or JB was it that the 49ers had just Debo and yet Debo still produced I think that third and fourth quarter for the Rams, they had nothing beyond Cooper Cup. They had no run game. They had Van Jefferson missing passes. They had no tight end, no OBJ. You knew the ball was going to cup, and yet he plucks out absolute clutch plays in critical moments. I think that that fourth and one jet sweep and then that charge down the field for that final touchdown. Yeah, And then when he gets... When he has the ball in his hands in the end zone, gets that helmet to helmet, gets up and then catches a touchdown on the next play. I, I think it's stuff like that, that in years to in years in the future, we'll look back and just think, yeah, that was a really impressive way to end the season.
3: I feel like if we don't, if we were to put Samuel as our offensive player of the year and not Cup, we can change the categorization of our podcast from sports to comedy. End of discussion.
1: This is the guy who uh, nearly lost 120 quid on the length of a national anthem. I mean, this is how, how seriously, didn't. well, but didn't. So, Phil, as you're throwing a bit of a mini tante, do you want me to hand over to you? Do you want to put our third VIP into the most special night in Club Dub? It's it's also, all yours. Phil, so, just, go on.
0: just so you're aware, what we're looking for here is you to announce it and then give the name.
1: Yeah, include him <laughs> in the announcement would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, just, just clear up any ambiguity. Offensive
3: weapon of the year. Cooper Cup.
2: What I like there is we were having a really nice, friendly discussion for two awards, and then we got to that one and just decided to have an argument about it.
1: Well, we didn't decide to. It felt like there was an aggressor. Phil in a, in, in our midst. I don't know how, M- maybe just that's like a nickname.
3: Credibility, like to keep some credibility <laughs> with our NFL podcast, not you absolute jokers.
1: Yeah. We'll see what Debo Samuel thinks of your viewpoint. Um, yeah. I don't think Cooper cup's going to be available for comment. Is he? Um, but yeah, nice that Cordero got his second mention. He's, he's kind of the unsung hero of our pod clearly. Um, right. So it means we're on to award four of five, right? We're rolling through these uh-huh. and we've got the coaching uh, coach face coach of the year so um again i think there is probably two pretty strong contenders that jump out but rather than start with them i'm going to give some honorable mentions and let you guys take i think probably the likely heavy hitters um for me i think what mike vrabel did in tennessee with a Titans team built around the run and a special running back for half a season was a great coaching display, you know, a coach absolutely preparing a team to play in a way that saw them week in, week out, perform above the talent level that they were able to put out on the field. I, I think love we've... Rob.
0: I love that you've said, I'm going to go with a wild card and you've picked our consensus number one pick. But yeah, he's oh, really? got yeah, <laughs> awards
1: coach of the year. I thought you were all going to go Zach Taylor at the Bengals. I mean that's pretty spectacular. That was... no? That oh, was, the, I think Vrabel. that was the
0: second
2: choice that we went for. Oh, okay. I think it was, all it's right. Vrabel, but if not Vrabel, it's Taylor. So oh, I, I was,
0: I was, was thinking when Taylor you were going to go, uh, I, I thought when you say I'm going to pick a random one, you'd be like Matt Nagy or someone like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, you picked no, the I one that we go... all thought. Oh, okay,
1: well, that's fine then. I'll, I'll keep going. So Mike Vrabel, I think, in terms well, of hang coaching and scheming. Oh, sorry, sorry.
2: Uh, just, would you, are we just going to leave Let Aldrin's pronunciation of Matt Nagy? Just, just go th- past I thought there.
0: you might let it lie, but no. don't. No, worry.
2: absolutely not. Wow, did he pro- uh,
0: Matt what? Nagy? I said Nagy rather than Nagy. Well. But yeah. Well. I, 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 it's bad when JB picks you up on people's names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean... I wonder what Robert would have to salay about it. That's all I can. Uh, anyway, um, Mike Vrabel um, absolutely coached up a team. And and look, I mean, they went in as number one seeds on the AFC side, an AFC that feels stacked. I mean, I know we're, we're looking at an NFC team who've just won the Super Bowl, but you look at teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, great year from the Raiders. Obviously, we've got the Bengals in there and, and Chargers had their highlights. I mean, so many teams showed such a high ceiling. I think that just makes what Vrabel was able to achieve just all the, the greater, really. Um, so for me, Mike Vrabel would be a standout. I think my honorable mentions beyond Zach Taylor that I think we can probably discuss as a group. I mean, probably Sean McVeigh. I mean, it's very difficult to argue with a guy who does what he does. I mean, he has worked with Les Snead in a, in a phenomenal way, rewritten the rules on how teams are built and how franchises are managed. And he now has the vindication of a, of a Super Bowl. You know, I think without the win at the end of this year, there would still be questions. But I very much like that. So Vrabel, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay. B- before we come back and talk a bit about Taylor, I think he's worthy of a mention. Are there any other names floating around I haven't included yet? I do have one. And it's only as an honourable mention, not for Coach of
0: the Year. But yeah, if we want JB to pick me up on pronunciation, it's going to be from the Uh, Raiders Raiders. yeah and only because I think the way that he steadied the ship from utter ruin and chaos in that organization to just get them back to playing football doing things well getting into the playoffs I, I thought that was a really strong performance to pick up in a situation that was really chaotic so certainly not coach of the year or anything like that kind of standard but i do think he did a stellar job just leveling things out and getting them just back to playing football
1: i think yeah i know we're focusing on head coach when we're talking coach i thought um there were a number of coordinators who did great things um lovey smith I thought absolutely got a unit to perform well above expectations. You know, there's a few coordinators out there who I think were worthy of their head coach nods, but we'll save that for next week's pod. Um, So is Vrabel a unanimous choice then before, like I say, Zach Taylor, I had him on the hot seat, thought he was going to be the first coach out of a job. He took an unbalanced and, I don't know. You can't really say now that they were devoid of talent. I mean, the way they developed through the year, you know, at tight end, great season for Mixon, Burrow, Chase and so on. But I mean, I think he he transformed a franchise and an attitude of a franchise in front of our very eyes. I think to imagine that he's not winning coach of the year off the back of that says just huge amounts about um, Mike Vrabel for me. Um, But is it entirely unanimous? Are we all four in the corner of Mike? Oh, go on, Phil, go on. You look you like a man easily who's... be
0: swayed to Taylor. I don't um, know. Yeah, I don't know. If yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I'd,
1: I'd but take I'd... Taylor
3: purely f- because if you look at the division that Vrabel was in, you know, the, the Jags and the Texans are, are Oh, what, 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 easy. Is
0: impossibly tough division, Phil. I don't yeah. know how he got out.
3: You know, the Colts were, were, you know, pretty much gave up nothing this year as well. So for me, I, I'm more impressed by taylor considering that we didn't give the bengals any real credit at the start of the season you look at the the ravens the steelers and the browns and you could have argued any of them was going to be playoff teams so i think they've come through a tough division they've played three games on the road in the playoffs to get to the super bowl for for me i'd probably go with taylor i mean you know in my head i kicked it on urban meyer a little bit but uh yeah you know totally counted him out um but yeah taylor taylor i reckon
1: It is a tough argument. I mean, Vrabel, I think, did an amazing job to get that team to be the number one seed. Uh, I think whatever division you're in with the situation they had, I I do think that's phenomenal. I I mean, obviously they were without Henry, but also wide receivers through the year. I mean, there were times where it was down to game planning and coaching. But I I do hear you. I mean, I went Vrabel because I thought you would all go Taylor. I mean, I I thought he probably was the, the strongest shout so, Phil, your Taylor, JB, where do you sit on this? We're down to two.
2: I I had Vrabel as my first choice. I think he did do an incredible and has done an incredible job with multiple Tennessee Titans teams that have lacked in certain areas but have still come in to perform. Um, but I think I think Phil's kind of right. Like I I wouldn't object to anybody making the claim that Taylor was was the choice either because. Like at the beginning of the season, when we were kind of looking at like who's 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 a jobber, who's out of his depth, who's absolutely going to get the sack at the end of the season. And Taylor was right in that conversation after a pretty lackluster two years. So after this season, which like (laughs) the Bengals, Taylor burrow maybe to a degree chase you could all make the argument that their season performances came out of absolutely nowhere in terms of expectation so i i'm going variable but again again i wouldn't i wouldn't argue with taylor
1: right i think phil's point about that division for the bengals is is fair but then the Tennessee Titans are touching anyway, Aldrin, who are you going for? So we're at the moment we're one for Taylor, one for Vrabel, an honorable mention for all that went on in Las Vegas. Where, where are you taking us? I think I
0: probably would end up plumping for Taylor.
1: Right then. I I do
0: agree. Phil, I mean, Phil makes a valid point. They had some tougher opponents, but also I just think. I often do. Yes, rare. Um, I just think like the gutsy nature of some of those calls as well, that even in the Super Bowl, he didn't, he didn't go away from his philosophy of wanting to go for it and wanting to win it all. You know, I'm thinking those, even in that first quarter, one of those early possessions, yeah. fourth and two or three. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go for it because we want to win. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think just gutsy calls like that. But I mean, I love Mike Vrabel as a throwback, but I, yeah, I think Taylor was great.
1: So it comes to me to name the Coachy McCoachface coach of the season on the Club Dub football podcast. And I'm going to say that we're pulling back the velvet rope and letting in Cincinnati Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor. Very good honourable mention for um, what went on in Las Vegas. And I'm, I'm going to absolutely chop this pronunciation up as well. But bad Sanchi, I think actually even Derek Carr, you know, that whole, I think what those players did in the circumstance actually just oozed class at a point where that could have just all fallen down around their ears. So that means we are left with only the biggest. The one man who goes in as our effectively player of the year, our statute, all things NFL. Now it can be a player we have already mentioned. It can be. So, I mean, Corderell Patterson, my money's on, it could be somebody who has not yet come up in the conversation. Um, But you know what? We've gone all around. Aldrin, do you want to kick us off with the person you would like to declare as your true NFL player of the year? Yeah,
0: just because I like winding Philip. Um, so I'm not going to pick Tom Brady. The player that I'm going to pick is Aaron Rodgers.
1: Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> make, make the argument. Really, Make, the, him make, him make the argument for A-Rod.
0: I <laughs> just wanted to see Phil's face as much as anything. Um, <laughs> this podcast a I'd... joke.
1: A joke, <laughs> I tell you.
0: We'll change you to a comedy podcast. I don't know why he's brummy now, but there you go. Um, I just think the thing with Aaron Rodgers is he makes perfection look flawless and easy. And I know Phil's doing his stupid little face, but I just think the guy is so consistent year on year that we've almost become a bit numb to it. You know, it it feels like he didn't have a ridiculously stellar season and Phil will point to all of Tom Brady's stats and yada, yada, yada. And and that's fair. I think Tom Brady had a very good year. But I just think the way in which, you know, Aaron Rodgers, say what you like about him, he came into the season creating controversy and maybe a bit of discord in that Green Bay Packers locker room and here's the players that I want and this, that and the other and, and all of that stuff that went on. So as a person, maybe not 100 percent, but I think just the way he's played all year, you know, he gets the best out of, apart from Devontae Adams, average receivers. You know, I mean, his best other talent is what Valdez Scantling or, you know, uh, a, a number of other middling to average NFL wide receivers. And I just think, you know, his stats are incredible. The way he protects the ball is incredible. I just think he's an absolute phenomenon in the league. And the fact that there's rumours of him maybe walking away, I mean, I I don't see it, but would certainly, whenever that day happens, is going to make the league uh, a less exciting offensive display. Um, So, yeah, for me, I just think he's had another stellar year and and it almost goes under the radar because he's just, it's expected that he's brilliant. He
1: is automatic isn't he it is it is just that i mean i absolutely get you it doesn't feel like his best year and it's still an mvp year um still no more Lombardi's in green bay which will be the i think the thing they will rue when he he finally does move on particularly if is it jordan love who's probably the heir apparent there so yeah i think he dominating in a
3: division with the bears the vikings and the lions there
0: Just you wait till next year, Phil. You're gonna get your comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, just
1: yeah, the uh, just wait till we're comparing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the, yeah. to
0: the Jags when I, like, you wheel I, out Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. Don't worry, no Phil, argument. we've got it all next year.
3: There's no argument that you know Aaron Rodgers is a top top five quarterback in the league. He's an
1: absolute superstar, he's a great player.
0: He doesn't block though, does he in fairness? There's, not there's no player, Chris Godwin. Not,
1: not player of the year. Well then, league. Phil, you can, you can go next then. Who is the person you are pulling out to be our statue I mean, for the league?
3: I'd go back to, we, we've picked him as offensive weapon. I'd go back to Cooper Cup for, for his season personally. But if I'm not picking Cup, then I'm absolutely picking Brady. He's topped Rodgers in every stat, I think. Apart from maybe he's throwing a couple more interceptions when he's tried to lob it deep. But, uh, you know, a guy doing that at 44 years of age, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it's a shame that he wasn't crowned NFL player of the year um but for me yeah if i'm not going
1: cup then i would absolutely go brady right cup consistent, brady. 20 years i was reading it a, a really, it was a a a really nice You're article on the
0: fence you've got to pick one you can't you can't <laughs> mention both pick one
1: brady right as there's a really lovely article actually about the ram super bowl wins kind of bookending tom brady's career which i thought was really nice that i read on um NFL.com in the last week. I thought it was one of the best articles I've read in a while. Um So Tom Brady gets your nod. JB, uh, are we going to hear more clamoring for TJ Watt to win? Big Ben, big Ben's the winner. <laughs> big, big, large Benjamin is the winner of um, NFL player of the year.
2: The, I'm, I'm glad Phil went before me because it gave me a little bit. I, I hoped it would have given me a, a bit more time to make a decision, but unfortunately, I'm still sat here kind of un- unsure who to pick like Aldrin's made made good arguments for Aaron Rodgers and and it's it's nice to see him him given a shot at this you know it's the only shot he might take sometimes but there's just there have been too many amazing in-game performances there have been too many season long performances really for me to kind of sit here and 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 say this is my this is my player of the year like you can make arguments you can make arguments for tj what you can make arguments for aaron donald you can make arguments for debo or cooper cup or derrick henry if we look at how how the titans performed with him versus how the titans performed without him you can make arguments for uh joe burrow or patrick mahomes or or uh justin herbert or Lamar Jackson, again go, using the same Derrick Henry thing. Look how good the Ravens were with him versus how good the Ravens were without him. Um, if I was on, uh, if I was on any other podcast, I would try and make an argument for for basically abstaining from this vote because I can't pick anybody. Um, you
0: are the worst at sitting on a fence, JB. The absolute just, worst. Hop off that fence. Pick a side.
2: I've, I mean, I've, I've picked, I've picked, you know people in every other thing it's just it's very hard to pick a lane here um who did you write on your list
0: before we all started talking did uh, you re- have a list i, I
2: did i have a list And my 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 player of the year was question mark to be oh, decided later
0: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> you know what car you gotta pick someone
2: all right let let, uh, let us go with the i was about to say the triple crown winner but is he the quadruple crown winner now let, let's, I think he's. Uh, I think uh, he's made
0: his own. Yeah. His yeah. Own let's
2: now. let's go for the champ, 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 champ. If we add the Super Bowl ring into it as well, let's go Cooper Cup.
1: Right. So we've got three different names, which kind of surprisingly gives me the casting vote. But I will say this: I'm about to pick one of the players mentioned, and this guy. There you go.
0: Or oh, Daryl Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> this guy
1: breaks it down a bit. I've I've already picked my gender. Um, This guy is truly a great, I mean, absolutely automatic, utterly reliable, amazing competitor. Um, To think he had his statistically best year in his 22nd NFL season. How on earth can you look beyond Tom Brady? I mean, the only thing that would have added to his folklore would have been if that comeback would have been completed in the playoffs. I mean, what it's a comeback football. it was as well. I mean, just the most remarkable career. And I mean, we did in our Super Bowl show, didn't we? We did, um, you know, our Super Bowl quiz and it was, what's the most popular first name? for quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, and it's Tom, and he was the only one. You know, it, it's a career that will never be matched. I mean, you look at players like Patrick Mahomes, who I think was was actually worthy of mention. I think he he had a very good season. Second half, I thought he was on, on fire this year. After a really poor start, they absolutely found those gears. But you know what? He's already behind Brady. He's already not on pace with Brady. And, and the problem is nobody ever will be again um you know the things that will be done and the ways that he will be recognized within our sport after he's gone uh are gonna and i mean gone from the sport crikey i'm not i'm not kind of foreseeing the end for dear tom um, he is old he, he is very old but i mean that lifestyle no bread and entirely vegan i mean he, he could live forever but the thing about tom brady is if and i still think it is an if this is his last nfl season You know, the the standards he set in what was his swan song are as good as anybody, I'm with you, Phil. The MVP debate, I think, you know, it's always a quarterback, isn't it? Bar those very rare occurrences. And I think it was one of three with um, Rodgers, with Brady. And I think maybe Mahomes could have had a look in if he'd have started better. But yeah, I think the last person into Club Dub as part of our awards night VIP celebration Has to be the greatest VIP the league has ever seen. The absolute standard for professional football in the history of the game. I am going to put TB12, Tom Brady into Club Dub as our NFL Player of the Year. Oh, that felt dramatic. It felt, I mean, it it was a lot like the Oscars without all that esteem. I just quoted Ricky Gervais there to see if Phil noticed he didn't. Pretends to be a huge fan of him, doesn't he? Anyway, um, so I think we've put five different but very worthy winners into our club dub celebration. An amazing season. And without sounding too cheesy, I think... The winner in this year were the fans, weren't they? The playoffs in particular, I think, were probably never to be matched in my kind of following of the NFL. I've never seen playoffs like it. To think we've not really mentioned Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, you know, to think we've not mentioned, you know, really the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and other teams that got so deep in the playoffs that could have had their own kind of fairy tale end and brilliant season, I think only speaks to the quality that was around elsewhere. Um Gentlemen, I cannot wait to do this again in a year's time. Can we do when, some alternate
3: awards next week?
1: Well, what, what like, do you want? I mean, I don't want to upset people, Phil. I don't think know. we're a hard... We're, we're kind of a middling podcast. I mean, I'm already standing up for Corderell and, and Weddle over here. So, yes, alternative awards we lines. can do. We've got an off-season to Best
0: blocking wide receiver. Well,
1: so who you know, could I was be? thinking
3: who best, could end be? zone, best end zone star jumps. Uh
1: you know stuff it like feels that. light feels light on content this <laughs> <laughs> but who knows with a week to workshop who knows what we can come up with but alternative awards i like um maybe even we just do our favorite player and the reason why then maybe Corderell throwing balls into the crowd at was it tottenham hotspur stadium where were we um it was. makes makes the list that time uh but gents i loved the argument i loved the passion displayed and let's get back together in a week and do more of the same if that all works for you Yep. Brilliant. Well, have a great week. Have a great week, all of you in Listenerland. We'll catch you again in seven days. Cheers, Rob. Thanks, Rob.
2: Thanks a lot.
1: This is amazing. <gasps> Remember to subscribe and be cool. Tell your friends. Again.